You're listening to Auto D coming at you live. Best which way, what, when, how? Mr. Auto D flip the track right now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on this rainy Monday evening here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I don't get to say that very often. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, broadcasting live from Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Network Studios, high above Camelback Road. My guest tonight on the Otto D Show is Randy Murray, a man whose name is synonymous with quality media production in Arizona and has been for years. From his first show as a college project landing on ABC for three years to owning his own production company, Randy's career started with a bang and has never really let up. And he'll be with us in a minute, uh, right after this first song from the Fervor Records catalog called You Got to Change, performed by the incomparable Francine Reed.
And that was You've Got to Change from Fervor Records recording artist Francine Reed here on the Auto D Show, which is brought to you tonight by Fervor Records and Fauna Films. You can find Fervor at F-E-R-V-O-R hyphen records, and you can find Fauna Films at F-A-N-N-A films.com. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I'm excited tonight to introduce to you my guest who has been... uh, a big wig in this market for a long, long time. It's got an incredible story that I'm sure we can't cover. Uh, Randy Murray. Randy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Otto. And Thanks don't so you just love Francine? Oh, my gosh, don't I? She's fantastic. Are you familiar with Francine? Oh, yeah. Was, we were young together in, in the business, awesome. sort of, uh, you know, when I was going to college, and she was playing the local bars, mm-hmm. and I needed somebody to videotape. She was always willing. Really? Yeah, she was great. And uh, you know, you mentioned Hans Olsen. Uh-huh. He was he was just one of my favorite people to work with, and, and just interesting. Yeah, back in the day. So we just jumped right into your college career doing music videos for local artists. Right. I guess you did this. Yes, I did. <laughs> that had to be fun. It was actually it was it was crazy fun. It was so much fun, and and it's how I got addicted to this business. You know, mm-hmm. and and the. The film and TV business is an addiction, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, oh and, yeah, and and it's one that I've loved mm-hmm. and really enjoyed. Yeah. Now, when you're in college, I'm going to stay in college since we're we're here. Um, first of all, did you have your own camera at that point? No, I, I, the school had cameras, but they didn't have editing equipment, which is really sort of a funny thing uh, back in the day. Now, the it's called the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism, mm-hmm. and it has the best equipment in the world. Back in those days, we didn't. And mm-hmm. so um, I also worked at Channel 8 at the time, which was right next door. And uh, I got kind in a little trouble inter- for inter- commingling or? things. Oh, okay. you know? Yeah, <laughs> I would is, imagine. I, I, but... Uh, <laughs> Creative yeah. people that are good always get in trouble. I that's, always got in trouble. I'm still getting in trouble. You, go, and I'm, you say, oh, that's a rule? Well, I'll, I'll figure that out later. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about that right now. 
So you were commingling what, like gear back and forth? And yeah, time? a little bit, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I actually got in trouble for uh, stealing time in an edit bay once. Oh, okay. It was very uh, It's funny it was now. Very it was, yeah, it's very necessary. <laughs> we didn't have editing in our school, and I was editing uh, the Hans Olsen uh, video, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, and and it turned out really great. And Francine was great back in those days, and uh, I ended up selling it to uh, Channel Three. Wow. And we had a, right out of college, we had a rock and roll TV show every Friday night, got a lot of national exposure, we were doing really great things. So this was Wavelength? This was Wavelength, okay. yes. And uh, people like uh, uh, Rod Stewart, B.B. King, Huey Lewis and the News, U2, they were all on it. And, <laughs> how did and you get, so how did you get them on the show? Is this a, did you do a performance show with a stage and... No, yeah, we had we had a studio show, and we would roll. We had a DJ mm-hmm. and or VJ, they called right. them those days, and we yeah. would roll in videos and uh, music videos that were produced, and music videos that we shot live in concert, mm-hmm. and then they would roll in um, interviews that we had done. Uh, so well, these people that you mentioned, like Rod Stewart, did you get to do an interview? Or is yeah, this... they come to town, we'd schedule a thing, we'd go awesome. backstage before the show, do a little interview. They You're 18, let us, 19. Yeah, and they would, they'd let us shoot the concert. So we oh would do, goodness. they would let us do, some bands would let us do one song, some would let us do up to three. That is fantastic. <laughs> and we'd take in like four cameras, shoot it, mm-hmm. edit it together, and have a, a exclusive uh, uh, song. We had a, uh, a comedy troupe, a house comedy troupe, Aho mm-hmm. Repertory, were fabulous. They were mm-hmm. so funny, so ahead of their time. Uh, Cliff Sardi led the house band. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, don't let me forget this. Cliff, <laughs> I, Emily and I, Emily's my girlfriend, we were in a movie yesterday of Cliff's. Of Cliff's? Yes. He's doing a movie? Yeah. He, he, I was in one of his shorts uh, a year ago, Theo's Blues, about a talking metal parrot. Uh-huh. And everybody else just... Why wow, there's fire trucks going by outside. Uh, this conversation is on fire. That's right. That's what yeah. it is. They're coming to get us, really. <laughs> but with Cliff, or Cliff, it's, that's the problem. But this uh, Theo's Blues has gotten into about 20 festivals. It's just, and I told oh, him when he did awesome. it, I said, man, you're going to go everywhere. Because none of the actors talk. They all have musical instruments that are talking to each other. And this harmonica player wants to play with these three cats that are playing. So he comes over and they all tell him to get lost by playing mean licks back at him, you know. So there's this whole dynamic. But the talking parrot is actually speaking English words, telling this young Theo to keep trying, you know, to keep oh, playing that's this harmonica. Great. And he's done really, really well with it. So now uh, he has a new one that I can't talk about till it's out in November. But it's really funny. Oh, that's great. And I'm to so watch him to direct is, is so much fun because... He's nuts. He's he really gets he sees his vision so clearly that you just do whatever he says because you know he must understand what he's talking about. As crazy as that sounds. And then when I watch Theo's blues come together, I'm like the talking parrot thing worked, you know. That's great. Yeah, so it's fun. So it's interesting you mentioned Cliff. Well, he was great. He was the uh, you know, he led the house band and we just we just had years of fun and we got a lot of recognition uh because it was a good show, you know, with great people, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, and um Phoenix was kind of had a hot music scene at the time. Well, and at that time, Cliff was a signed artist, uh, yeah, flute player, and and was doing great stuff. And he was mm-hmm. playing saxophone for mm-hmm. us, and mm-hmm. uh, we did things that you know, uh, really a lot of network shows uh, copied later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot of national recognition because we doubled the rating of our lead-in. We were on Friday nights at midnight, and and. People were coming to our channel to watch, and it was wow. great. And, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a really fun thing. Uh, the 
the tough part of it was I lost a little bit of money on every ep- every episode. Mm-hmm. Tried to make it up in quantity, but it just the math wasn't there. So mm-hmm. you know we were selling TV spots for twenty five dollars a, a thirty. You know you just can't make a living like that. No, but, but you did learn a lesson. We did. You we know because the the business side of the whole thing is is a huge part of it. Yes. It is, if you don't jump in like that, never wanted you know. to be a starving artist. I wanted mm-hmm. to be an artist. Never the starving part because you know mm-hmm. not 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 my thing. <laughs> so now that was development from kind of an on, on an artistic level that wasn't uh, creating for a client. You had just started doing something. It fell into something, and it was your own show, and it gets picked up. You were doing it for how long? Three years. I Three think? years. Yeah. 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 And that was with the ABC affiliate? Did it yes. grow beyond this market? No, it didn't. Uh, you know, and I just never really knew how that worked. And so mm-hmm. I just stayed local. I ended up, uh, after that show got canceled, which was a mercy canceling. The ratings were fabulous. They just they just knew we were losing too much money. And, right. And very, <laughs> very kind act. And they knew you wouldn't stop. Right, I wouldn't stop. You loved right. it too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I uh, moved over to Channel 12 and uh, was there for a while. and uh, And then actually fell into corporate world a little bit and was actually in this building for a couple of years. Oh, here, in the yeah, Camelback Tower. Yeah, I worked for a financial company doing videos that were selling for, back in the VHS days, they were selling $200 a piece and they were selling them like hotcakes in the financial market. And uh, it, was, uh, it was really interesting. It was really fun. Uh, and then... I ended up over at a large production company here in town called VIP, and then mm-hmm. uh, '91, my wife and I started Randy Murray Productions, okay. and we've been doing it ever since. All right, well now let's go all the way back. So, are you an, an Arizona native? No, I I grew up here. I moved here when I was uh, about six years old, and uh, I was That's born in North Dakota. To yeah, it's pretty native. close. I, I think technically, I think there are laws in Arizona that allow me to refer to myself as a native. Okay, there you go. But um, certainly traditions. I mean, I don't remember being five, so wherever I was at six is probably. Yeah, yeah I was like, but I, you know, I I grew up here. I loved it. By the time I was in high school, I thought I hated it. And mm-hmm. as soon as I graduated from high school, I moved to uh, Northern California and immediately started missing the desert. Mm-hmm. Two years later, I, I moved home. Wow. Yeah. Uh, where in Northern California? A little town called Auburn. Yeah, it's up by Sacramento. And okay. it, Was there it, a job opportunity or what? There wasn't. I, I went to school there. Uh, I enrolled. My dad lived up there, so I moved up with him and enrolled in the little community college and majored in law enforcement. I wanted to be a secret agent. Did you? Yeah. That's an interesting and, thing to do. And, and then I realized I wasn't in the cards. Right. <laughs> I, well, when, my skill set did not you, match. Okay. And can, do you care to elaborate? Uh, what? Well, because I think it's funny. I think that it's difficult. Well, you know, you're, you're sitting there in class and the instructor's going, you know, be careful. This drug scene is a, is a horrible, horrible thing. And, you know, people are on drugs. You can just tell immediately, you know. And he goes on and on and on. And, you know, I, I was stoned out of my head. So I said, nah, this ain't going to work for me. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble if I try and do this. <laughs> so. I always thought it would be cool to be to the same thing. And I remember, uh, um, I think it was an FBI, member of the FBI, came to a recording studio I was working at because somebody who had interned there had applied for a job and he was doing background check. So he really got demoted. 
And you can tell on the look on his face that he just wanted to kill us all. He did not <laughs> want to be there asking these questions, you know. Uh, and I was I was 19 at the time, and I was like, this dude's scary. You know? yeah. I want to be that. <laughs> I thought it would be really me. But it's funny. Uh, I, was, I was literally uh, struggling with what to do, and uh, a friend said, you should look at TV production. I think mm-hmm. you'd enjoy it. And so I went and talked to my counselor, and they go, well, the best school that you can get into <laughs> for TV production is Arizona State. And I said, really? I want to go right, home. Back and I came home. Yeah, That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, and so you lived here ever since. I have, yes. You know, family yes. kept you here, business kept you here, but Arizona mm-hmm. keeps you here, too. It's just right. a beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful place. You're close to California, so is your mm-hmm. career taking you to L.A. a little bit? It it did uh, and it does. We every once in a while, you know. Now we have an agent over there who who reps us, and mm-hmm. we um, do projects. And we're talking to different people over there. Um, oddly, a lot of our broadcast clients are back east. Uh, we have a uh, you know we have a few clients in Los Angeles, but more in London and more in D.C. and and then New York. Interesting. So, so it so. The thing about this field that's been really wonderful over the years is that uh, I've gotten to travel a lot and mm-hmm. see a lot of Referring the world. to TV production? Yeah, TV production. It's been really uh, a very fun job. My, my wife is my partner, and um, we work together every day. And she has the unfun part of the job. Right, right. She takes care of the runs the whole business, right, runs right. all of that stuff. So you stuff, can play. And I play. Yeah, and I and it's that. so unfair and I'm so damn grateful. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> I, I completely understand. But I think that that's uh, one of the things that really frees creatives is when you have somebody who really likes detail and organization who, yeah. who's in love with you yes. because they can they want to clean this, this stuff up <laughs> and so it works really well. She is so happy to make sure we make a profit on every job because <laughs> I'll give it away. Yeah, you know, really well, let me ask you a question about a lot of the shows that you've done because um, I have no idea. Does, does most of your work come from people approaching you to produce something or does it come from you guys saying, we want to create this piece of product? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, the I, I, Probably the biggest group of our business comes from when people come to us and say, we have this communication problem or this message we want to get out, and we want it to get it out in a way that it gets noticed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, can you help us? And so we we come to it with, with a challenge, you know, an objective in place, and uh, and we try to find the creative wrapping to put around the box, if you will, mm-hmm. and make it make sense. And... Um, and that that understanding, that ability, has really paid the bills over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask you about Finns, Finn and Friends? Yes, you can. I uh, Finn and Friends. Wow. Uh, so that's right after Wavelength uh, got canceled. I, I went to uh, uh, work for Channel Twelve and doing Finn and Friends, which was a nightly. So I went from a weekly TV show to a nightly TV show. which you couldn't was, think as much, could you? <laughs> wow, it was fun. But it was fun because we did, you know, I brought my rock and roll sensibility and, you right. know, we like we had Frank Zappa and several other great people on there. Bob it, Hope, I think. Bob Hope and Phyllis Diller, mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy things. Uh, none, as, none as fun as Frank Zappa, though. Really? Yeah, Tell yeah, me a little bit about that experience. I mean, for example, uh, who invited him? Me. So you made the call. 
Yeah. Did you talk to him on the invitation or an agent? Yeah, you know, it's weird how that happens with some of these people. It's like <laughs> some I, of them are so I, casual. I called and said, well, because we were doing a show on record rating. So okay. back in the day, okay. uh, um, Tipper Gore and... Oh my and gosh, that was huge. Yeah, you're right. They wanted yeah. to, and Ozzy Osbourne was yeah. doing this. So it was very funny. So um, we had... Uh, um, Oh, darn. Uh, Mrs. Baker, Howard Baker's wife. I okay. forget her first name. Okay. And uh, she was on. And uh, so I called Frank Zappa and he couldn't come out. He mm-hmm. picked up the phone right away. Uh-huh. You know, they, I said, I told him what I was doing. They said, hold on. And then he says, what? <laughs> <laughs> I talked to him for an hour and a half on the phone. Uh, and then he agreed to do a, an interview. Uh, but he couldn't come out because it was live. Right. Uh, and uh, Glenn Frey uh, came out and did it. Okay. And so he was on with her. And it was just really fun. And we did a lot of stuff like that. And we also did a lot of socially responsible stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the Im- immigration stories, some stories about, you know, uh, people who needed their stories told. And, and it was really great. It was, a, it was really a fun thing. And you never stopped doing that. I never <laughs> stopped know. doing that. Uh, is that where it started with you, doing the... The, yeah. Basically, a news station. Yeah, kind of did. That was probably one of the first things we when uh, remember uh, uh, feed the world or we are the world and yeah. uh, all that thing. We did a local version and mm-hmm. and it was just really wonderful to see all the people get together. In fact, we were the first uh, uh, show in the history of broadcasting to have a one hundred share, which means. Everybody watching TV or listening to the radio was listening to the song we made. We made a everybody. song. Everybody. Because How every- did you pull that up? Well, because we did this song, and it was sort of a We Are the Arizona version, and we had... We aren't the world, we're, we're, but we're, we're, I, we are a community. We're, we're, we're a big town. <laughs> right, and we're a big state. And everybody sang. All the news anchors came, and they... Uh, you know what? I think we did it at Chaton. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I like think so. That, that wouldn't and, surprise and, me at all. And... And uh, they all came down, and we did a video. And so all the anchors were on. Glenn Campbell was on. Yeah. We had all these different celebrities came on and did it. And um, and when we premiered it, every TV station, every radio station in the state played it at the same, same time. time. And the churches all rang their bells. Wow. It was really great. Can you imagine what it would take to get that to happen today? Uh, I, I couldn't imagine. You know, it, Well, I couldn't imagine that you could have something that we would agree we want to help with. Right. We all want to help with, you know? Right. <laughs> it's like feeding the hungry. You know, no. come on. Yeah. Well, we all want to do that. Yeah, exactly. No way, yeah. So, that's pretty incredible. So that was still quite a long time ago. Yes, that was a long time ago. Look at you with all these big successes early on. That's put a little fire in you, huh? A little yeah. confidence? Yeah. In a way, it was fun. Um, you know, that show, uh, just sort of a funny story, uh, you know, it was always entertainment and it, it was a, it was more fun entertainment than it was newsy, heady stuff. Uh, but the uh, host, Pat Finn, proposed on the air. And the next morning, I got called into the station manager's office and said, did you let him do that? And I go, yes, it's so romantic. He goes, he's still married. They canceled this on the spot. I lost my job that morning. <laughs> I walked out the door. I had to go get my stuff and put it in a box and carry it out. <laughs> You're kidding me. No, you know, that's, the, that's what happens when you let love get in the way. He was really in love. I love you so much. Will you marry me? I mean, after I get a divorce. But will right, you marry exactly. me, please? <laughs> Oh, I hope my wife isn't listening because I didn't want to tell her yet. 
That is wow. It was so funny. And so you lost your gig. Yes, because you let you, you got. A, I, 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 yeah. It was, you were prosecuted for letting him do for that. let him let him do that. And he did tell me he had the divorce had gone through. I knew he was getting divorced. That's pretty wild. But he he had next leave and filed. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Stranger things can happen, especially in the entertainment world, because you deal with characters. You de- definitely speaking do. of characters, I've only had a little bit of of uh, interaction with anchors. Uh, because it'll be when something's happening in the studio or a record and they want to talk to me about it, and I'll go in, I'll be a guest or something, but they seem like they're fairly normal people. <clears throat> You've probably had a lot more dealings with anchors. Are they a little more leaning toward the artist side a lot of times? In news anchors you're yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah I, I, I've actually had a lot of fun with the anchors over the years. Mm-hmm. Some of them are... Um, a lot deeper than they appear, mm-hmm. and some are a lot shallower. Uh, you know, and it, it's funny because it's just like everybody else. Sure. But, um, you know, I, I just good people typically, mostly. Yeah. You know, everyone I dealt with uh, seemed like incredible people. Yeah. You know, and uh, you mentioned Shaitan. Uh, Ed and Marie ran that place before I got into town, and then I worked with them for a long time. And we did a bunch of different things. They always were involved in the community. We did a project for United Cerebral Palsy called Mary Arizona. Oh. You remember that? It was uh, every year we did Christmas songs and local yes. artists. And, yes. Well, I, I produced those records every you year. You do. I have one of them at the studio. Yeah, well, I did all those recordings. Yeah. And then what would happen is we were we usually have a television partner, 3, 10, I think 12 was one time. And every time uh, they would have us on, they would have the guests on the morning shows. We had billboards around town. I mean, we I never had an experience with any of the local uh, stations or anchors that was ever anything less than wonderful. Yeah. I, you know, we did a lot of music videos and stuff back in the Wavelength Day. And, and we would bring anchors in from other stations and they would participate and make fun of themselves. I, mm-hmm. I, you know. It's it's and that's a it's a really interesting community too because there it's small yet it's you know it's all across the country and so an anchor can be here and then move someplace mm-hmm. and then come back it, it, it's an interesting world for them. Randy, I'm going to play a song and give you a break. Okay. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little more. Uh, it's I feel like. <clears throat> We, I haven't touched on any notes because we just wander around having a great conversation. And <laughs> there's so much you're involved in. I want to make sure we, kinda, we have uh, ample time to kind of talk about that. So I'll let you get a drink here. I'm going to play a song, another cut from the Fervor Records catalog. It's a song I'd like to play called uh, Living in the Dark by another local group, the Pistoleros. So check this oh, out. And great we'll band. Back. When your friends say they're worried, you better slow down in a hurry. Another word They tell you you're failing Say it just too like wailing But you know Nothing about this world So you're not living who you are Got a very beaten heart You're living Say not living who you are. We are barely 
might not be right And that was Living in the Dark off the new Pistoleros record, which has been released by Fervor Records. So you can find that online from those guys. And I think, personally, uh, that's one of their best records. Randy, are you familiar with those guys? Yeah, I love them. Uh, you know, uh, a long history of great bands in this town. Just mm-hmm. not enough support. That's true, and it's tough in this industry. These guys just released this record called Silver. So okay. you'll have to, have to check it out. It's their 25th anniversary of being a rock and roll band. I will do that. I'll head down to the record store. You know, I'd love to sit here and just talk about all the other music people that you might have known back when you were in school. I think that's fascinating. But you never picked up an instrument. Oh, I did. did I did. They're great weapons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have no, uh, no musical ability whatsoever. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, you know, my music teacher told me to go out for football. <laughs> Interesting. That's a real show of support. Yeah. Well, uh, you're interested. You have an interest in music, obviously, and musical. Yeah. You like to, you enjoyed listening to music. And I put music in uh, in so much of my work. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, from the wavelength days all the way up to if you watch some of the feature documentaries we've done, the music's been a really integral part of uh, telling those stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go out and watch films. Do you tend to listen to the music or not notice it unless you're trying to? Yeah, it's a problem. When I watch films, you know, it, it, a great film will suck me in and I really enjoy that and I forget to pay attention to the details. Uh-huh. It, a mediocre film, I, I'm just a critic. I'm looking at technique and style and, and you know, even if it's bad, I'll, I'll, I'll look and, and, you know, pick up tips and things uh-huh. like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, you're, on your bio, it says producer, writer, director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we haven't talked much about writing. When did, and how did writing come into your career path? Well, you know, when I was in school, uh, uh, one of my instructors said, uh, start a journaling and, and write down things that are different about people, you know, and doing that. And so I, it was a homework assignment, so I did it. And I never stopped, so I still do it. And now, what, what class was it homework? This was a course? writings class oh, in writing ASU, class. yeah. Okay. And... Um, and so I had been doing that for years and years, and, and I came up through the business through, you know, I started as a set builder, and then I got into lighting, and then I got into camera, and then I into producing and directing. Uh, so w- most of the money was in directing and producing, you know, because you controlling the money, you, you made more. Uh, and, uh, 
Uh, so I went that way, and it wasn't until I got into commercial production that I started exercising my writing chops. Mm-hmm. And and I was so glad that I had been practicing all those years, you know, and and doing character studies and and writing stuff, and and you know, and it just it became fun for me. It became my my recreation. And then when I was able to start charging for it, it was great. And and it has really been the thing that has lifted my career the most. Because quite frankly, I'm a mediocre director, and I'm a really lousy producer. But but I'm <laughs> your clients I, yeah, be listening. <laughs> well, that means that you have a very high mark. That, yeah, that you I, I do. Right. Uh, you know, but uh, I've been very fortunate to to really stretch creatively, and as a director, often it's because I got to write the script. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I when you write something, it, you see it, and when somebody reads it, they don't necessarily see the same thing, mm-hmm. and so it's really hard that way. But when I write something and then I go and execute it, it's it's just such a joy, and you know, and and it, it's really I love it, and I do a lot of writing these days. So most of the stuff that you've actually written and then directed would that come down to uh, the documentary pieces you put together? Well, the documentary pieces, which is a little bit different, that's that's a that's uh, it's a different kind of writing because you're trying to piece together a story, right. and and based it's still you do the same thing only instead of going, oh, I love these verses and and these phrases and this these elements of this story. How am I going to structure them in an arc that's going to engage an audience? Here you're doing the same thing in a documentary. You're taking bits and pieces that you have on tape, and you're going, now how am I going to structure them in an arc? That's Which is a different audience. writing exercise. It is a different writing exercise, and it's very much writing. And, and, and I was very thrilled to get a lot of compliments uh, on my documentary structure work. Uh, with this last Brill piece that's, mm-hmm. that's just gone viral, which was just a, I'm just so tickled pink that this has happened. It just to me. went viral. Boy, don't people like to hear that? Yeah. So tell me, what do you mean, just went viral? Well, it's funny. I'll, I'll tell you the story. I um, uh, ha- have a client, uh, a friend, and he's the campaign manager for a, uh, uh, a candidate, congressional candidate up in District 4, which covers a lot of rural Arizona, you know, from Yuma to Kingman. Payson and Prescott uh, uh, um, almost to Florence. It's a huge area. A very different, very conservative, and he's running as a Democrat. And um, his the person he's running against is Paul Gosar. And Paul Gosar's siblings are a little pissed at him because of, well, primarily because of some of his the mean things he's been doing and some of the racist things he's been doing. And so found out about it. And yeah, I, I saw that in the news, like all six of them came out all together publicly saying, he's, don't believe Don't that. believe that, right, exactly. He's he's not our family values. He's not representing yeah, our family values. and that's values. not good for his campaign. It's not good for his campaign. So we heard about it. Uh, um, uh, Jay Ruby, who works for the campaign, reached out to them. I reached out to them. Uh, a group of us went up there, and then I directed these interviews. And these interviews were like hour and a half each with all six of the mm. uh, siblings and it was just giving them a platform to talk and they just poured out their their guts i mean they just they just they just laid it on the line and these six kids these six kids they're adults they're they're our age they're articulate educated successful people who care about our country and it was like a gold mine when you're when you're a documentary uh, right. director you 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 find these things and it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. These stories are just great. And they just poured them out. And then I got to bring them back, structure them in a way that was fun. 
and mm-hmm. I just I just did it. You know, it just it just you do it so long, you just kind of come yeah. second nature. So I just structured them in a way that made sense. You hook them early, you keep them going, you don't give away the whole story, and then you throw a little twist and you throw. And you know, because it's such an unusual thing, it exploded. I mean, How it was long a, is the piece? Well, the, the, I, we did twenty-five little shorts. Most of them are thirty seconds long. Some are sixty seconds, and a couple are in the two-minute range. Um, and and people are just going berserk over them. I mean, it was on Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, uh, uh, um, Stephen Corbett. Now, when you say on, you mean they actually maybe played one and then talked about it? Or just oh, say- they played they, Jimmy Kimmel redid the commercial. He t- redid the ending. He had actors playing the parts of the congressman <laughs> and all of this stuff. Um, wow. Stephen Corbett had a guy playing Paul Gosar going. God, these my sisters and brothers are so right. I am awful. <laughs> it was just hysterical stuff, and so all these skits are happening, and and it was so. Here's a really funny story. I have a guy who works for me, uh, and he was he was preparing the the spots, you know, and he's going on vacation, right. and he prepares the spots on Friday night. He gets on a plane Saturday morning. He flies to Iceland, gets on a boat, and goes up to the Arctic Circle. He gets into the hotel. He walks in. And there it is on the air. <laughs> I can't get any further away from my work. And there it is. <laughs> that's, that's viral. That's pretty Yeah, quick. that's pretty viral. Yeah. So how many so, views have you guys had online with this? So I was told, and this is this was by the campaign. They track this stuff. They called it impression. So this counts all the people who are watching all those different TV shows and stuff. Oh, wow. Five billion. Five billion. That's good. I, I was like, I, I can't even Randy understand. Murray Productions in the corner of I every one wish, of them. <laughs> I wish. I wish. If I could just have like a little bit. Now, well, we want to watermark all those. Yeah. Well, that's pretty exciting. It's a real feather in the cap anyway. It's really fun. And, and it I, was, mean, I would imagine the presidential campaigns would be calling next. Yeah, you know. I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is. It is fun because it's it's it was a fun story to tell. And and everybody on the team did a really great job doing it. And mm-hmm. so it, it, it went crazy. Do you have, um, do you do a lot of work during the campaigns? I mean, do you really get into that? Is that fun for you? Or is it just one of those things that comes about that you do? I do. I enjoy it. I, I don't do a lot of it because it's, it's tough work because you don't get paid well. It's last minute and all of that stuff. But when there are campaigns that I care about, I, I, I do. Um, you know, and, and I care about this one because this guy is not representing our state well, Paul Gosar. He is he is saying racist and mean things that just doesn't reflect well on us, and so I cared about that. Um, most of the campaigns I'm involved with, though, usually revolve around education because, you know, I went to public school, my kids went to public school, and um, it's it's really done our family well, and I think it's done our community really well, and I'm a big supporter of uh, public schools and and have gotten to do a lot of really fun things. Well, that ties us into a show I wanted to ask you about, which you were doing. Uh, it's called, um, was it, oh, I'm looking for the name, something 20. Oh, yeah, Mitchell 20. Mitchell 20. Yeah, so that's a really interesting thing about a couple of things we're talking about um, because we put a lot of music into that. that. That's a film about a client came to me and said, hey, I just found out about a school with 29 teachers and 20 of them are going back to school to get what's equivalent to a master's degree, mm-hmm. and they're doing it together. So 20 of oh, okay. 29 teachers in a school are 
taking on a second job and not getting paid for it essentially. Mm -hmm. And so we went over and took some friends and we videotaped a little bit and we cut it together, uh, a little sizzle reel, and it freaked people out. They were just so enamored with these teachers. So we followed them for three years and created a feature documentary and it did really well it played all over the country and won a bunch of awards and was uh uh you know and really helped us uh set our mark nationally and it told the story you you see this film and you can watch it for free online you just go to mitchell20.com that's, what I, was, that's what I was gonna ask yeah. you next so it's uh, mitchell m-i-t-c-h-e-l-l two zero right exactly Perfect. mitchell 20 and the school's over on the west side it's a great school with great teachers and and it, it just you know over three years there was a lot of drama and it was just so we found we did this then we cut it together and and we said now this is a story about you know uh, a minority fighting it's a latino community uh, and they were fighting you know to to lift themselves up and so we adapted uh, a bunch of motown music and we hired um uh uh Nortec Collective out mm -hmm. of Tijuana mm -hmm. and we hired a local band here mm -hmm. and we went to uh, I think it's Flying Carpet Studios mm -hmm. in Mesa mm -hmm. and uh, we did a, just this fabulous soundtrack which was really fun so we have you know this sort of uh, Mexican spin on Motown music and it was just really fun and one of the funnest things I've ever done was going to Tijuana to record, and we went down into a little studio in Tijuana, and it was just a <laughs> that blast. Had, that it had to be a lot. Yeah, it was just so much fun. So cool. and that, that's one of the fun things in my career. Well, I want to ask you about another show that you're involved in, but before we go there, we're going to jump back, and uh, there was some TV uh, that crossed your life when you were young. A show called "Let's Make a Deal." <laughs> I know. I want to hear this, okay. this story because <laughs> okay. I remember that show. So, so for the for the the people who uh, you know are, are are too young to know what "Let's Make a Deal" is, it was a, it was a prime time uh, variety show or, or game show. Yeah, when three it, networks. I mean, you everybody watched it. Everybody watched it. it was huge. Monty Hall was a big star and stuff. And when I was a very young kid, my family was going through some financial crisis and. Uh, my mom couldn't get work, and so she was doing the game show circuit. She would dress up and go get on game shows. And she won the big deal of the day. And, and it was like, it was a windfall for our family. And so uh, we moved from Los Angeles out of, you know, this ghetto apartment we were living in. Uh, you know, cow. And uh, she bought a house in Phoenix and, uh, and enrolled me in school. And what a success story. It, it's, just, it's so funny and ironic that a TV show would launch my... Save your life in Save a way. my family's life, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that so, is incredible. Yeah. So you can really consider your whole career as payback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so... so oh, so speaking of payback, that's a great connection to the, the last show I wanted to talk to you about, and that is The Joe Show, Oh, <laughs> where uh, you were executive producer. And director. And director. Yeah. And this is a documentary of the infamous Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio, and I watched a few minutes of, of something that you had directed me to, and... And I was like, holy cow, does he know the cameras are on? How did you, does he know you did this? How did you, how did you get this access and this story? And then is he 
completely pissed? When did this come out? I haven't, didn't see this happen. So I have so many questions. Give me an overview of the Joe story. So we started, we had a, a, a producer friend say, hey, let's do a documentary together. And so we agreed. We figured six months, we're going to do a little fluff piece. So we looked at a number of local people we could cover and we picked Joe. And this was before the controversy at the time. Uh, he was He was a very popular character in town. And uh, so we went and did some interviews. And after the first night of, uh, uh, we went to his house and had dinner and interviewed him for an extended period of time. I, I said to my partner, I said, hey, this is not a fluff piece. This Something's going to happen here. This is a real opportunity. We have to follow this. And he said, no. So uh, Teresa and I bought him out. And um, so we followed him for eight years, three elections, and uh, we followed him, and it, you know, blew up. I mean, it was just amazing. We were there when he went, f- you know, he, he's addicted to fame, and that's what we did our film on. We mm-hmm. made it about, you know, the desire for fame, and that's what he wanted, and, and so we followed that. And when You've that- got him singing It My Way by Frank Sinatra. Yes. On camera. And we got him singing fame. We yeah, <laughs> it, It's by boy. It, I uh, can imagine. Boy, if you told like, me that you did, I'd say, no, you didn't. Uh, all I had to do, you know, it's so funny, when you have a camera, you, I go, okay, we're going to sing this song, you're going to sing this song, here's the karaoke machine, here's the mic, you ready? He says, do I have to? And I go, oh, I'm sorry, but yes, you do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, what does this camera do that makes people say they? Okay. That, yeah, I have this yeah. power. So he did, and and uh, we 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 were just on the inside. We were just one of his regulars, and everywhere we would go, they would let us in, and they would talk openly, and it was like we weren't there. And and in fact, there's a scene in the movie where the uh, one of the characters in the film, she she's she's like, she looks around, and then she whispers, and I'm like. You're wearing a mic. There's a camera on my shoulder. You, what are you, what are you whispering? You know, it's like <laughs> that's so funny, and um, and it, it just the things that they said and did. It was just incredible. And then immediately when the film came out, um, he lost his next ele- two elections. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, when when did they his his camp? I guess is the best way to put it. First, see anything that you were shooting at the end. I didn't show at the end of eight years. At the end of eight years, well, and then two years of editing. It was two years of editing after that, so it was a full ten years. And so I brought them in halfway through the process. uh, You weren't in the same room when they watched this. I was, (laughs) I was, I was. Uh, Halfway through the process, the the sheriff came to me and said, "Are you doing a hit piece on me?" And after five years of yeah, being filmed, exactly, and I and we're I were like, we haven't decided. There's so much we can do. So much we from can here. do. So much, and, and I, I'm not a Michael Moore or right. you know far right, far left. I, I'm, I respect story. my audience, and yeah. I let them make a decision. And I just tell the story, and and that's what I did with the uh, Gosar family too. I just let them talk, you know, right. and that's it. I just this the truth is really the much more engaging than anything I could write, right. and. I said to him, I go, no, I'm not doing a hit piece, but boy, I think you are. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you're screwing this up, buddy. You know, and 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 he didn't understand what I was saying to him. Yeah. And and when it came out, and he sat in the theater, it was just him and I, and we had a couple of cameras, and I always thought the steam out of the ears was a ca- cartoon thing, but it really came out of his ears. He was so pissed. He was so mad. He didn't talk to me for six months. And then as soon as I was on the news, plugging the film, because it, it did really well for a documentary. Right. It, it, it played all over the world and right. it just did really well. We were very fortunate. Uh, as soon as he saw me getting news, he was like, 
he called my cell phone and said, how come you're on the news without me? Yeah, it's I our did, movie. It's, it's our movie, I'm right. the star. <laughs> and it, so he plugged this movie that just Bashes rish, it. rips him apart. Yeah. My goodness. And, well, and that's his addiction to fame. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, but he, when I mean, I was watching it and it seemed like, it seemed like, you know, cameras under a newspaper on no. somebody's <laughs> arm because I couldn't believe what I was hearing people say. You know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that after a while, people don't see us. Then you get to see them. That's and then the you thing. really get to see them. When yeah. They, yeah. So, you know, if you remember the scene where they're, they're, they're plotting and they're talking about uh, Obama's birth certificate and they're openly saying, this is stupid. We know it's, it's a real birth certificate. He was born in Hawaii. And right. they're going, you know, and, they, and, it, and we're, we're only doing this for the money. We're going to make a lot of money and all of this <laughs> stuff. Right. He's saying that. Well, we were there. That was a two-hour meeting. The first 40 minutes was him talking to the camera. And, and, you know, and all the same things over and over and over. And after he got tired of talking to the camera, he started talking to other people and forgot we were there and said the most incredible stuff that was so insightful. And, the, you know, and just, you know, I mean, you should see an audience in Europe watch that scene. They flip out. His career is pretty much over. And, and you know, and it's a sad thing because like my business, it's uh, being an addiction that I've already confessed to. His business, being in front of the camera, is also an addiction. Yeah. And he, he suffered from very bad uh, um, side effects from his uh, addiction. Wow. Well, I, I would like to spin a song, but we only have nine minutes, so maybe I'll save a song for the way out. I want to just mention a couple of things. Randy Murray, that's M-U-R-R-A-Y, productions.com is probably one of the easiest ways for people to get a hold of you. Yeah, quickly. that's a great place. You're you can see Facebook. lots of information on the yeah. website. They can go there and check it out. Um, you are in charge of a film initiative, film community initiative that I want uh, to talk about. Thank you about. for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. we. Uh, I'm working with the Arizona Film and Media Coalition, and we're uh, trying to bring back film to Arizona. You know, the, there's a film out right now called Arizona. It was filmed in New Mexico. The the film about the firefighters right. up in Prescott was filmed in New Mexico. The film about the kids in West Phoenix who beat MIT in the robot competition was filmed in New Mexico. Uh, Three Ten to Yuma was filmed in New Mexico. I mean, come on. Yeah. And it's because the uh, politicians in other states and other countries are putting their thumb on the scale and they're stealing our business. And, and uh, there's a group of us filmmakers uh, who are going to stand up and we're going to go to, our, go to the government. And we have figured out to look, not to look back, but to look forward and try to do a program that the government can get behind, that conservatives and liberals can all get behind and say, this is the smart way to try to position Arizona in the film community, and we're doing that. And, and if you want to help us out, go to uh, the uh, Arizona Film and Media Coalition's website and hit on the get on the mobilization list. There's a button. You just click on the thing, you sign up, and we will send you information. Do you know help the ag- exact in. website uh, URL, or should I Google uh, it real quick? Yeah, Google it, because <laughs> I do know it. I just couldn't tell you what it is. Uh, you know, it's, it's like my wife's phone number. I have no idea what it is, because I go there all the time. And right. I never... Now, it's a coalition, is it not, of organizations? I know the APA is in support of what's Yeah, happening. so APA was one of the founding uh, things on it. And APA is an organization, and and, and it has a different tax status, right. and they uh, they support and educate the community. We lobby, so mm-hmm. uh, APA is about you know professional development and that kind of thing. And it's a very important organization, and they support. They're one of the the member associations of. Uh, 
in the coalition okay. for Arizona Film um, Media I, My eyes aren't good enough to read that. Can you read that? Yeah, right I there? can. It's, 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 it, um, it's azfilmandmedia.org. azfilmandmedia.org. Thank you very much. And then uh, you say there's a button there, a simple button, just to click to it's join right the coalition. right in the middle of the page, and you join the, the button. Yeah, right there, and it says, yeah, you get on the mobilization list. Mobilization list. Now, what is it to be on the mobilization list? So when you're on the mobilization list, we'll send out something and say, call this politician. You live in this in this district. This is your representative. You know, send them an, send them an email and, and either cut and paste this sentence or write something that you that's similar, and that's it. So you, you're on the list. One day you'll get a little note. Oh, okay, boom, you do it. 30 seconds later, you're done. And because thousands of filmmakers and people who support the film and media industry uh, are on this list, we're, we, we're making impact just like that. I was going to say, you, you, I was at the thing a couple of weeks ago at Sun Studios. <clears throat> you were on the panel. And it was kind of surprised me to hear you state that you had spoken to a representative who said, oh, my gosh, I got six calls about something that kind of made them change their focus and pay attention. And I thought, if you only need six people to reach out, we're not, no one's reaching out. We just need Nobody's to, to get Nobody's together. Nobody's organized it, and yeah. that's what we're doing. It's, it's, there's a, a, a really great board, and we've got a really great committee, and we're, we're getting organized, and we're doing this. And, and we're, just, we're just tired of you know, uh, not having leadership in our industry and not mm-hmm. having the representation at, at, down at the state capitol. Mm-hmm. And so we well, will. Good luck in getting in spirit. I, mean, I appreciate that you're spearheading that. I don't even think I have to say good luck. I think it's an inevitable transition that's happening. You know, we it's fun because we are doing it right, and the politicians are really responding. I mean, they're 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 digging it. They, they're yeah. like they like this sort of grassroots thing. Well, happening. and I think really, if you represent a body of people, you'd like to know what they think, and you can't pick up the phone and call them because they're busy. When people assemble and come to you saying these are our concerns in our business. I think they'd love to know. And, and they love to know what matters. love to. the film industry and the media industry, TV shows. I mean, look at what Breaking Bad did to the tourism in, in New Mexico. Yeah. I mean, who wants to visit New Mexico? Yeah. You know, and it's sad. I'm teasing. I love New Mexico. <laughs> and it's sad to think so many Arizona stories have been shot outside of Arizona. And, when they and could so many have been great shot. Arizona crews have had to move to New Mexico because yeah. they're doing well and we're not. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, man, thanks so much for coming in. I know you had all day at the office today working on a project. So I'm just glad that you took the time to come in and talk with me today. Well, thank you. It's always fun to, uh, you know, walk down memory lane. Thank you very much. And take care.